Happy Thursday, everybody. It's Game Face, Sifted Games' flagship show, right here on Twitch, live into your browser or mobile phone technology. Or your Xbox One. No, actually, oh yeah, you're right. People can watch it on their consoles. Wow. <laughs> Future is now, man. It has been a massive week for Sifted. The site went live as planned on Monday for all you guys who watched the live stream or who watch it on YouTube, and then Tuesday for everybody else. Things have been going great. I was actually going to mention this right before you walked out a second ago, is over three days, our moderators have had to delete three comments. Three. So that's the type of people who are coming to Sifted. The conversations have been amazing. Everybody's very mature. And there's been more than, like, three comments. Yeah. (laughs) Just to clarify that, there have been at least... There's been comments. at least four comments, and we only had to delete three of them. But seriously, if you think about that, there's like thousands of people on the site right now using it, and three total comments in three days have been deleted. So, And I'm still pissed they deleted my comments. <laughs> Honestly, that's a, test- a testament to you guys. You know, you guys are just you're doing a great job. Like, you guys have been very helpful as well. Uh, we're kind of looking at this free two weeks as like the open beta for the site. We did the closed beta with just a few people. Um, and so there's still some things we're working on. And if you guys go to that thread uh, on the site, if you click that image at the top of the home page, if you guys are having any issues with the site, you can always go there and uh, kind of let us know about them. Or you can always send issues to beta at sifted.net. Or if you want to DM me on Twitter, I'll give you Shane's home phone. No, please don't. <laughs> to be honest, I think I would be okay with that. Like having interacted you hit it here, here seriously though in, having interacted with all the people on sifted right now it's i would have no problem with any of those people having my contact there's, information. there's good pe- there's good there's good people out there they're obviously yeah. discerning smart individuals because they tune into this show yeah for sure so uh yes i mean it's 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 all good but uh should we get get on get on with the actual big six yeah we probably should all right then roll credits Well, they're not really credits, are they? No, nope. it's, more of an it's called a bump in a the TV bump. business. The big bump. six bump. Yeah. So today, Marcus, the game you've been waiting your whole life for, big previews rolling out today for Batman Arkham Knight. And Marcus, they haven't all been glowing. Some of these previews have been pretty critical. And here's the thing, too. it's They're previews. And typically how it works is you don't really criticize games in the previews because you're working under the assumption that they could fix any issues that may be present. And honestly, it's true. Like, they, there's still time in the ge- with the game to fix things. Big themes, story, plot, probably not. But bugs, maybe little niggling issues, yeah, you can fix that stuff. But the journalists have really been pulling no punches on this game, and probably half of the previews that I've read for it haven't been all that encouraging. Like, they're not saying it's a bad game. But they're saying that it doesn't really feel like a Batman game. That it's almost kind of turned into this generic open world action game that doesn't feel enough like Batman. What do you think about that, Marcus? One, how do you feel about journalists kind of sharing their opinion on an unfinished game the way they have been? And two, how do you feel about the fact that they're saying maybe this Batman isn't all it's cracked up to be? I Look, I don't have a problem with people being honest during a preview. I actually think that's kind of refreshing. Well, um, to be honest with you, because yes, for the longest time, 
previews have been, you know, it's the unwritten rule is you be nice to us in previews and because, you know, you can't be critical because it's a work in progress. Well, if you want to show a work in progress, you should be able to discuss, well, this feels like a work in progress. So I have no problem with that at all. Have I read any of these previews? How I fuck? Why? Because I'm on a blackout on Arkham. <laughs> um, I am not going to read anything until the reviews start to hit. And, um, you know, I will look at uh, a couple of reviews, maybe two or three, get a general feel for it. And then, you know, shut down again and go and experience the game for myself. Um, you know, again, this is kind of ironic coming from an XPR guy who made his bread and butter on getting pe you know, previews and stuff. Yeah. But I'm over the whole preview system. I think, you know, it's flawed. You look at it. I mean, how often does somebody go in and do a 10-page fucking preview on a new movie or a new album or a new car? Uh, I mean, we're the only industry that really does well, that. Well, new cars, cars they do. I mean, there are websites out there that when they get to test drive a car, they will write up like 10,000 words on that car. Yeah. Well, not all right. of them, but some of them do. But not to the same extent that every game gets fucking previewed at the yin-yang. And I'm just, I'm, I, I, like I said, I think it's because I've got to the stage in my life um, that I'm just kind of over it. I want, you know, get a game announcement, a couple of trailers, go to review... And then let's see, let's see it from there, and see how it goes from there. I'm just over the the you know the absolute need and the Batman, whole media cycle. Batman Arkham Knight. Uh, I mean, you know how many trailers we've we've seen oh, for yeah. it. It's now it's beyond the pale. I know. The, I mean, I could have run another trailer for that game for trailer of the week this week again. Like, yeah, which I'm is not, just, but we could have again because they literally put out a big trailer for that game every single week, and smacks, some weeks too. It smacks a desperation. It really does. I mean, everybody knows, knows the damn game is coming. It's the final entry for Rocksteady in uh, you know their particular trilogy. We don't talk about the one that was done in Canada. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everybody knows the game is coming. It's been delayed, so what? The sales are still going to be strong. It's a fucking Batman game. Uh, it's from a great studio. So, yeah, see how it goes. But, I, I look, I have no issues with, pre. you know, if we're going to have previews, be fucking honest. And, you know, the days of sugarcoating everything is ridiculous because... Well, I don't think it was even that it was sugar-coated in the quote-unquote old days. It was oh. just that you just gave the facts. At least that's how my guys, when I ran editorial at GT and other places, I never said, make the game sound good or fluff it up. I just said, but stick to the facts, and maybe in the last paragraph, if there's one thing that you feel a little uneasy about, then maybe you can slide that into the last paragraph. But generally... I don't. I never. I still don't really feel it's a good practice to really vilify a game based on no, preview. No, code. I mean you basically don't. I'm not talking about ripping it to shreds. I'm talking about reporting on what's in front of you. Yeah. I'm not reporting on well, we're going to fix this. Well, I'm sorry if it's in the build in front of me. You know, it's like reviewing a game that was you know that's been sent to you with oh well, we're going to change this on the day one patch. It's like you don't give me well, the that, day you one. Never do that. Well, yeah. it's so you review no, what's on the disc. Exactly. So you review what's on the disc. You preview what's on the hard drive in front of you. And that should be the status quo. That should be the rule that uh, too many, you know, websites forget about because they will spooch. So, yeah, I got, look, I got no well, problem. Look, you know I'm as well as I do, you send out preview code and there's bugs in it that could crash the game. It happens all the time. Well, this, I mean, to be fair, this wasn't sent out preview code. This was code that people played at the, uh, the event yeah. uh, last week or the week before. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you, they, you know, as uh, uh, any good PR people uh, will always, and you know, 
WB does have some really good PR people. They will control the environment. They will control it, you know, and put the best version of the game out there so that people come away from, you know, the journalists come away and they only have positive things to, to write. So if there are some issues in the game, uh, it'll be interesting to see where this, this code was and, the, you know, how it works. Um, maybe it was a, you know, a backfire. They weren't even mentioning bugs. Like, it was just the way the game is that they had issues with. Yeah, and again, if it's a vertical slice, you know, it's difficult to judge because you see, may have three different sections like, from... Some of these writers were kind of extrapolating that, like you said, vertical slice or that little experience they were given. They were extrapolating across the entire game and, like... That's the other part of it is like you get just this little piece of a game when you get these preview builds or you get to go to an event and play a game. You don't generally get to play the whole game where they just sit you down and say, okay, play for an hour now, stop at an hour. That's not how it works. Like there's like one le- a one-level demo. And so I don't know. To try to pass a judgment on a game or even be concerned honestly about a game based upon a little piece that you played I don't feel like that that's that's a good way to go about doing things. But. Well, I think it's always it's fine to air concerns. I mean, you know, I played a vertical slice. This is what it covered. I have concerns based on X, Y, and Z. Going off uh, and then saying the game will suck because of this or blah 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 blah. Then you're into the realm of opinion. But as long as it is clearly, you know, put out there as opinion, because let's face it, that's all these thing, things are now. They're all opinion pieces. Um, but yeah, look, I have I, I have so you know I have faith in Rocksteady. They're one of the few com- uh, gaming dev teams that I ha- actually have faith in anymore. Um, so this won't change you at all. Your opinion of how you feel the game's going to be. Um, I haven't canceled my pre-order yet. Um, I still, you know, and this again, one of the games uh, I pre-ordered uh, to get the cool Batmobile. Yeah, doodly. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. If the reviews come through that week before, I mean, if the reviews don't hit until the day of launch. That will be a red flag. Oh, yeah. I don't see that happening, though. Well, you uh, never know. I don't think that it's a buggy game. I think it's just they're more concerned about the aesthetics of it. And maybe this guy, some of the people who are writing this are just huge Batman Batman fans, and they're, it's like, how are you ever going to please them? But I don't know. Well, I just thought it. I was caught off guard by some of the previews. And everybody honesty. has their own vision of what Batman should be. Some uh, some want the Frank Miller Batman. Some want the Chris Nolan Batman. Yeah. Some want the fucking campy '90s '60s style Batman. So everybody's got their own personal version. You can't please people all the time. But yeah, I'm I'm holding off. I'm like I said, I've not checked out any of these previews, and I won't. Um, I will wait. And let's see what happens in, what, three weeks, two weeks? Yeah. The funny thing was is that on Sifted, we curated a feature where a writer wrote that he felt that Arkham Knight was the best representation of Gotham ever in any medium. Any of the Batman movies, any of the Batman games. And then, literally two days later, these previews come out and people are saying, I don't feel like this feels like Batman (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty funny. Again, like I said, there's so many different versions of Batman out there. I mean, yeah. the, but the, you know, the great thing is that when Arkham Asylum came out, Rocksteady took everybody by surprise. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And you know, because there had never been even a decent Batman game before. Well, Do you remember that been, old Chemco Batman game for the GameCube been, that everyone was all hyped for? There, there, was a, there was a decent game on the Spectrum for Batman, which was a 3D isometric game. Uh, that was that was kind of decent, but that was 1983, 84. Um, but, you know, the the point I'm going to make is Rocksteady came out and then everybody was playing catch-up because basically they'd evolved, they, they evolved the game, yeah. no pun intended. Uh, and then, you know, Arkham City came out and it was bigger and it wasn't as good for me as Arkham Asylum. So it may be that, you know, Rocksteady hit their, you know, 
shocked everybody by doing you know doing X, and they shot the load the first time round. So you know, if this one is as good as Arkham City, I'll be fine with it. I'll be fine with that too. Yeah. If it reaches the heights for me that Arkham Asylum did, because Arkham Asylum did it so well, you were trapped. Yeah, you were that's what I liked about. That's why it's still. That's probably my favorite one still. It was an. It, it, it just encapsulated. It was like reading a really good Batman graphic novel. Yeah, it um, wasn't like all scattershot. Like it felt the open world just kind of. It made everything feel a little looser and yeah, it took away. It took away from it, but we shall see. And most people want the weeks. open world. They're like, oh, you know, before when we heard that a Batman game was going to be open world, everyone was like, oh my god, and me included. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm like, well, you have to be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. <laughs> so moving on, let's move on to something I have no interest in whatsoever. <laughs> But I know a lot of you do, and I know Shane does, and I know a lot of people are saying nice things about this. So, uh, and it's a Wii U game, so well done, fantastico. I don't even know which camera. I'm on. Oh, that one. Look at that. <laughs> um, yes, let's talk about Splatoon. Splatoon, the game I haven't played. Yeah. But I understand, Shane, you've played it. I've been playing it extensively. Yeah. So, what do you think? I think it's not what people think it is. I, what do you? It's actually a cup of coffee. Let me ask you this: What do you think Splatoon is? It's a it's a damning indictment of the fucking graffiti culture that all you young <laughs> hooligans Don't are running around writers. throwing graffiti and water balloons full of paint on, on my yard. And um, <laughs> No, isn't it basically a remake of that 1980s arcade classic painter? <laughs> no. Isn't that it? I mean, basically where you just thought like, you know, you have to fill in all the different, you know, inside the lines and avoid the, you know, the little things that will travel on the lines and kill you. Do you remember that game? That I do remember it, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And Splatoon is basically a glorified version of that. See, look, there they even have the roly paint thing. Yeah. See, I'm so, actually surprised that you would say that because I think most people, when they look at Splatoon, they think it's a third-person shooter. That's the first thing they say. It's like a multiplayer shooter, a third-person shooter. And what I would say after playing this game is that's really not what this game is at all. The... The single-player campaign in this game, to me, is actually a 3D platformer. It, it plays like a 3D platformer. All the abilities that you get with the paint, it's tied into like the level design for the single-player campaign. So you can see like you can travel really quickly, like go underneath the paint and travel. Well, you can go up walls and things like that. And they use that mechanic extensively in the campaign for, for platforming, essentially. So they'll have like a a really tall like vertical wall and you spray your paint up the wall and you want to go up the wall well the problem is they'll have an enemy on that wall that'll either like wipe the paint off or it'll just keep you from being able to slide up it so it there's like all these puzzle elements that play into it and it's really about getting from like point a to point b it's really not about the combat and then you go online in the multiplayer and it's really not about combat either. In the multiplayer, it's about painting more of the level than the other team. That's the objective. It's not who gets the most kills. It's who, at the end of the time, when the time is up, who has painted the most amount of the level. And so killing people in it, or I don't know, it's probably even called killing in Splatoon, is actually like a really dumb strategy because you're wasting your time and your paint trying to knock other players out instead of painting the level. Like, the smarter thing to do... Like, you can always tell if somebody has played the game or not, because when a match starts, if the person just runs off in search of the other team, they have no idea what they're doing. A, a person who knows how to play Splatoon online, as soon as a match starts, starts painting all over the floor. Because the enemy team, if they get on your paint, they get stuck in the paint and can't move very quickly. And then they're easy to kill as well. And when you get, kill, when you get killed in this game, you get like a three-second penalty before you respawn or whatever. There's just really no reason to kill the other team. And I think it's a big 
misconception about Splatoon. It's not like a deathmatch game. There is a deathmatch mode, but you cannot play that until you're level 10 in the multiplayer. And the level in the leveling in this game is really slow and grindy, and it's been a huge pain in the butt because they didn't really set up a bunch of formal multiplayer sessions for the press. They're like, okay, we sent it out to you guys, and basically kind of left it to our own devices to like get the multiplayer stuff going, and there weren't that many people that had it. So it take it took a long time to get to level 10 before you even opened up the deathmatch mode. And you start playing it, it's nowhere near as fun as playing like the original one. So, so the, obviously one of the big bugbears people have is that there's no voice comms. Yeah, there is no uh, voice communication. Which, how does that, I mean, if you have any sort of like team-related <coughs> activity, how the fuck does that work? It's hard, yeah. I mean, it's definitely missed. I mean... The whole thing feels a little archaic, to be honest with you. Like, Nintendo is still really far behind the curve with online. Like, the other thing, too, is that, like, you have to wait for a full game before you can play. And so you you sit there, and it's really bad, obviously, when there aren't that many people online, and it's still, like a bunch of journalists hoping other journalists join. But even when it's out in the wild, you still are going to have to wait until the full complement of players joins the game before you can start the game. And if somebody jumps out, it sets that timer all over again. And if the timer expires before you get eight people, you get booted out of the lobby, and you have to go and like rejoin the game and then go through the whole process all over again. So, so let me I would say lag-wise, though, it's great. Like there, I've really experienced like no lag playing in this game at all. So let me get this straight. Nintendo have taken an arcade game from the 1980s, matched it with online protocols from... The year seventies, no, <laughs> the year two thousand, and are releasing a game in uh, in twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen, yeah. Um, One thing I will say though is like, look, Nintendo is really good at gameplay and level design, and it does come through in this game. Like, it's very clever. When when you first look at it, you're like, oh, you just spray paint everywhere, but. Like, you get different weapons that do different things, and it is very clever how they build the levels around the different abilities that you get. And, like, as you get farther into the campaign, you really start to see some of the the ingenuity that Nintendo typically has in its games. You start to see it in the game. But I don't think most people are going to buy this for the campaign. And, in all honesty, the campaign is pretty forgettable. It's like you go to this hub world, and you travel to this other part of the hub world, and you basically have to figure out how to get to the top of this thing, and then you go into the world. And Sorry. No offense to you, mate. But there's no story. There's at all. There's no so, story. yeah, if you go online and look for Painter or Quicks, I think it was called over here in the, in the, in the U.S., um, and, you know, just maybe take some drugs first, and then you've got Splatoon. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far. But, but did I, you enjoy spraying your load all over the floor? I did enjoy playing Splatoon. Would I recommend somebody pay full price for it? I would not. Because it also started to wear thin for me pretty quickly. The campaign you can finish in probably five or six hours. Maybe not even that. And uh, the multiplayer, as with any multiplayer, your mileage may vary depending on how much it resonates with you. Um, But I think a lot of people are going to buy this game thinking it's like a Gears of War type shooter when in actuality it's really not. Gears of Benjamin Moore. Yeah, I mean, you're getting hung up on the aesthetics. I'm talking gameplay-wise. But I would not recommend buying Splatoon. I would say wait until you can get it on a deal at some point on down the road and give it a spin. It has its moments, but it's not an amazing game. Uh, Bear with us. We're going to have a... We're just looking at some more footage from Splatoon. No. So... No? No, we're ready to go on. Let's move on, then. Okay. So... E3 is coming up 
very soon in a few weeks, and obviously we want to start talking about E3 and start talking about the stuff that's going to happen there. Which we will in a minute, but first of all, we're going to talk about rocks. Oh, no, we're not. We're oh. going to talk about E3 first. We're going to talk about E3 first, are we? Yeah. Okay. We're going to talk specifically. We're going to talk about Ubisoft, and we want to do like a little E3 preview for every major publisher that's having a press conference, and so. Ubisoft, obviously their press conferences are pretty big every year. I mean, they generally get a I've big audience. I've never been to one. You never went to one? I've been invited every year, but I don't go. I don't see the point. There is I very mean, little reason to go. I'm to going that. to one third party this year, Bethesda. Yeah. Yes, because I want to see Fallout 4. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really don't th- I think that the, the first part, a uh, third party, and we've, we've had this argument or discussion every time we've talked about it, is basically just a jerk off session. Because, look, th- first party, you've got a Nintendo, you've got a Microsoft, you've got a Sony. All of those should be on a Monday. And I've said this every year, and this is the one time I'm going to say it again. <laughs> this is the one time. This, well, well this, uh, with regards to this E3, because in 12 months' time, I'll say exactly the same thing again. <laughs> um, Nintendo, Microsoft, Sony. Those are the those are the first parties. Those are the ones who should have their press conferences on the Monday. They should get together, divvy up some time, almost like you know the NFL trade, you know the draft. And it's like, you know, I'll give you X, Y, and Z if you give me this. And <laughs> let's, get that, let's get it done like that. Everybody else, with the exception of Bethesda this year, because they've never done it before and they have Fallout 4 coming. I'm sure they do. Um, everybody else, just fuck off, stop wasting our time, and let the show open at a decent time on the Tuesday morning so we can all get through the 300 million fucking games that we need to look at and do our job and be able to come back and tell you our opinions on them. I am sick of seeing Square Enix and fucking Ubisoft and EA and Activision. Because let's face it, they're showing the same shit every fucking year. And now's the stuff. <laughs> and here we are now at uh, the EA one where we're talking about FIFA Madden, NFL, um, everything else. Oh, we're going to show you the videos that we just saw at the Xbox One conference. And they'll skip to Ubisoft where, oh, look, here's whatever game that we're going to talk about that we just announced at the Sony uh, press conference. And then we'll go to another third party who will say, well, we got nothing for Nintendo because they don't like third party. (laughs) Um, But yes. I would say that I completely disagree with you on this, by the way, Marcus. I I think the press conferences are fine. You have the choice of choosing whether you want to go to them or not. You have the choice of choosing whether you want to watch them or not. And I think I personally enjoy watching the press conferences whether I'm there in person or whether I watch them online. And it's I think a, a lot of people that watch this show... glorified sales video. That's fine, though. That's I want to know about the games, dude. I want to see the, I want to go see the games in action. I want to go. I want to be able to get there. Would on, you rather go one. to the show floor? And, and, I mean, now E3 is like an amusement park. It's not like you can just walk up and check out games anymore. Like, you have to go and stand in a four-hour line to see every freaking game. Like, I am fine When was the last them. time you stood in line? I stood in line last year when I went. I'm not even lying. I totally stood I in line. I did. I totally stood in line for a couple games. Like, and it sucks. And the the people who go there that aren't in the press have to do that every freaking time. Like, well, let me just clarify that the E3 is a trade only event we know for people who work in the media and in the retail uh, the retail um, s- but sector. But you know, and I know, and E3 so, knows, and the publishers know that that's all bullcrap. So that's I'm sorry if you're not supposed to be there and you have to line up. 
You shouldn't fucking be there in the but first here, place. Let me finish my point. The, my, my point was that even the people who are going to E3 and standing in those lines would prefer to watch, like, a controlled demo on their TV or on their computer screen. Which every single fucking publisher puts up on their big jumbotrons above their booth every fucking yeah, day. Yeah, but you can't hear anything. It's like, and the monitors are all crappy looking. Like, I have no problem with the press conferences. You have the choice of whether you want to go or not. That's fine. If you don't want to go, don't go. If you don't want to watch, don't watch. It's a monumental waste of time that we could use better by one having more time on the on the show floor to be able to really, you know, get some interesting time, uh, get some time with the interesting games and not the usual suspects. But also on the Monday, if there's only three press conferences, they can all be done by about three o'clock in the afternoon, which means we can get down to the serious business of fucking drinking. But think about, (laughs) but think about this too, Marcus. Like a lot of people watching this show, like they don't go to E3 at all, and so. When do they get to see those demos? They have to wait until the show floor opens and then all the press go out and they come back with like all this shaky cam footage. Like, these people need to see these demos. The demos are so universally bad at the first person, pre- <laughs> at the third person press conferences. I mean, they're pretty shitty at the first person ones because you have this forced camaraderie. You have this forced oh, fucking look, conversation. All the banter and all that. I agree. It's and the, you know, that's all, that's all total garbage. And you never really get a, a full-on opinion. You, be, you might as well just have a fucking 3D st- interactive sales sheet in front of you. Okay, so we're flying off the rails here because we're supposed to be talking about Ubisoft's lineup. Well, they only have But maybe have the problem games. is they don't have any. They only have four fucking games. <laughs> That's why it says Ubi Illin at the bottom yes, of the screen. indeed. Nice run DMC <laughs> shout out there. Yeah, I love that. Um, but yes, let's look, let's look at their, their, their lineup. Um, uh, Syndicate. You, which yeah. we've talked about at length already on the show. Ask Creed Syndicate. Go yep. blimey. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Siege. Which I think we're both pretty excited for. Watch Dogs 2, I'm guessing they're going to at least show a trailer for at the show. Watch Dogs 2, this time we'll deliver the game, we promised. Yeah. And The Division, I'm sure we'll get another demo of The Division. Yeah, I bet, um, as I just said, as I've tweeted out so many times every time this game's been delayed they should rename it Long Division yeah it's just a long ass fucking wait um, but yeah there's I mean here's hoping that they have some interesting things up their sleeve what would you hope for What there's going to be a surprise or two or three what are you what are you rooting for for a surprise from UB I'm not Nothing? I have nothing because I've, uh, unfortunately, and look, I have good friends who work at UB. Uh, I mean, Far Cry will probably get another, they'll probably get another Far Cry. I don't Far think they'll Cry. show any Far Cry. They'll probably announce it that it's coming sometime Maybe. in the next two years. Um, I mean, I've loved the last two Far Cry's. I thought they were fantastic. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see a sequel to Blood Dragon. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Rainbow Six, what I've seen, I'm not enthused by. Watch Dogs 2, the first one left a very bad tastes, and honestly, another CGI demo would just send me to sleep. Um, you look at what else there is. Okay, so there's going to be Just Dance 2016. Yeah, I'm sure they'll show it again. Who gives a shit? Um, I know a lot of people... What about are... like a new Splinter Cell? Would you be into that? I don't I know. I mean, it's kind of time for them to show a new one. I'd like to see a new Splinter Cell, but I, again, I, I'm rapidly losing faith in this particular company um, in that they can't with the odd exception, they can't break out of this sequel like this, which is more of a more of the same with just a slap a, a slap of paint on it. Which is you know unfortunate because Ubisoft five years ago were really busting oh, shit out that point. Yeah. They were absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. I mean you know, a part of me would love to see a new Ghost Recon, but I'm terrified as to what they do with it yeah. because that, ver- that you know 
that Rainbow Six, that that Ghost Recon, that team that created that is has been blown, you know, blown to the wind. Redstone still exists. Um, Does it really? Redstone still exists in North Carolina, but I mean, you know, they they've gone from the the house that Clancy built to the house being, that Clancy sold. The house that Clancy <laughs> sold. That's now basically. Um, uh, I, look, I don't want to offend anybody there because they're good. You know, they they are good people and they bust ass. But I got a fun. You know, I just think that Ubisoft is misusing the the Clancy brand and is misusing Red Storm. I think Red Storm could really be evolving the shooter genre if they were allowed to let uh, let you know. Well, you don't even head. know if the people that are there are the people that you worked with. Back no, there's then. A, there's a few. There there are a few who are, again good people. Um, but look, um, yeah, I just I mean, people ask about for Beyond Good and Evil too. Uh, but Beyond Good and Evil 1 was a critical darling, didn't really sell it that tanked, well. Yeah. So that doesn't really fit into the Guillermo mode of titles that they want to see. Um, I don't think they'll show a Rayman because Ray, the last couple of Raymans haven't done that great at retail, um, despite yeah. being released for literally every platform under the sun. So I don't really see anything coming from that. Yeah. Um, new IP. Can we. Is it crazy for us to ask for a new IP? <laughs> I mean, look, they they unleashed Assassin's Creed last gen, and it became an industry staple. Why can't they do it again? Because they've not done much by, you know, Watch Dogs has pretty much been their only new IP ever since. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, look, somebody well, no, will probably... Crew, somebody... Which was awful. Well, it was just mediocre. I mean, honestly, the most fun Ubisoft games I've played over the last three years are um, Far Cry... Three, Far Cry Four, Blood Dragon, and Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Yeah. Now, if they decided to drop Assassin's Creed from Black Flag and put out a brand new fucking pirate game, that would be kind of exciting to me because. Well, you know they're not going to announce that because they got a pimp syndicated. Well, that's because. Well, that's what I'm saying. If they, if you know, I've said this before. Black Flag was the best game, uh, Assassin's Creed game that didn't need Assassin's Creed in it because it added nothing. Yeah, the, it really didn't. You know, right. you, you yeah. could have just removed the, all the assassins uh, stuff and the uh, the absurdo, and I know I mispronounced it uh, stuff on purpose. And just call um, it R. Just well, yeah, just call it Black Flag. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, we need a couple of good fucking pirate games because yeah. and. You know, make it about not just one part of the world. Make it, you know, the open seas and, you know, Europe. And just there'll be so much awesomeness in that. But again, I just don't have the faith. What about you? What are you looking forward to from Ubisoft? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, there's one more thing I'm looking forward to. And that's uh, an hour's good sleep. Yeah. yeah I mean, their pressers are notorious for being awkward. I mean, they had Aisha Tyler. She does a pretty good job. Aisha Tyler is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, Aisha Tyler, she she mans up every year, or girls up, whatever you want to say. I don't want to be. Um, <laughs> but no, she's just brilliant. She is absolutely brilliant. She's better than Mr. Caffeine. She's better than Eve Guillermo. She's uh, better than any other fucking presenter who comes on to to do these these presses. To What's be the other guy's with. name? The host of The Soup. Uh, the VGX the one here. Joel McHale. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, Aisha Tyler's fucking awesome. And, uh, and, and she's, of course, she's an archer. Uh, which is one of the best shows ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, um, I love Alicia Tyler. Alicia Tyler. I mean, I think I think they will show at least. They have to show a new IP. They have to. They can't just keep like regurgitating all these franchises over Shane, and over. If people did the shit that I said they had to, the games industry would be an awesome place. <laughs> it is and if an they awesome don't listen place. to me, they're not going to listen to you because I've got the accent. <laughs> I think they'll show at least one new franchise. They have to. This is 
You cannot get by E3 2015 with these four games. You can't do it. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Seven. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we do end up seeing maybe even a Ghost Recon, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see another Splinter Cell either. I just, I just, I'm just scared. Yeah, I'm frightened. I mean, seriously, with our E3 coverage, we'll watch that. They'll announce a new Ghost Recon. You'll cut back to camera, and I'll be dangling from the rafters. <laughs> All you'll see is my fucking feet. What if it's made like by that. Red Storm? Uh, they're using Red Storm as a chuck. Then you'd be doing a little dance. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see a, a full-on old-school Red Storm to tax him. That would be fantastic, but I don't think it's on the cards. All right. Well, it's time to move on. Marcus, you're from the UK. I am. I will give it away. Rockstar is from the UK. They are indeed one of the best video game publisher, house designer, makers in the world. The BBC is from the UK. And that's because they're called the British Broadcasting Corporation. That's right. And so all three of those are tangled up right now in quite a kerfuffle. They are indeed. (laughs) Which is the BBC is doing a docudrama on the history of Grand Theft Auto, basically. And they're going to concentrate on the whole dust-up with Jack Thompson. And everyone's excited about this. Like, Harry Potter's, like, the lead actor. I think he's playing one of the Housers. He's playing Sam Houser, yeah. In in the movie. Bill Pullman is playing Jack Thompson. And apparently Rockstar isn't too happy about this. And they are suing the BBC for starting this project without their okay, without signing the proper paperwork. One... Do they have a leg to stand on with this case? Which I would say they probably don't. Yeah, I think because it's predominantly it's a, it's a, the information available is all within the public domain, right? Um, and let's face it, you know, unauthorized biographies happen all the time. This is a docudrama, right. so therefore it's you know it's covered by the fact they can somewhat fictionalize it up. Uh, it is, I think, focusing predominantly on the GTA Four Jack Thompson section. Um, it's being directed by one of the guys who did uh, Black Mirror, which is a phenomenal series. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix here in the US. Obviously, Channel 4, I think, did it in the UK. Charlie Brooker created that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm interested. It'll be nice. That, I mean, one of the actors know. from Twilight, isn't it? Robert Patters, Pattinson or whatever? Robert Pattinson's in it as well? I believe so. Okay. Uh, so, there you go. <laughs> that's, the, that's the Twilight uh, Twilight Panty Brigade all nice and happy. Yeah. Harry Potter and, and uh, Harry Potter and the guy from Twilight will be wrestling shirtless. Um, look, I got, like, I got no problem with it. I mean, it's lovely in a way that we've got to the stage that the you know, video games have crossed into the, the you know the main mindset and somebody you know is going to do a you know and it's the, it's the BBC we're not talking about a fucking you know bravo TLC you know reality sh- show yeah. knockoff they're it's, like the CNN of the UK but they actually also don't do fucking insult the BBC like oh, that oh really <laughs> no CNN's as an outsider atrocious. that's how I look at it uh, no like, I mean the BBC does, does some really good drama I mean you look at Broadchurch I mean obviously you know they do some good pop culture stuff such as uh, my my favourite Doctor Who um, but yes the, the, the BBC will treat I don't think it's going to be a sensational thing they don't really do a huge amount of sensational stuff with regards to their particular drama you know the dramas so it's not going to be like you know the TNT movie of the week yeah. Uh, or something, you know, on the Sci-Fi Channel. 
uh, like Sharknado 6 or whatever. <laughs> so, look, uh, I don't think Rockstar will have a leg to stand on. I think, you know, they've probably got, they, they could probably prohibit some things from being put in there uh, that are actually trademarked, but then some, is, some things are going to fall into fair use. Some things are public domain. So, I'm looking forward to it. It'll actually be Here's- fun because it'll show how <laughs> fucking wackadoo Jack Thompson is. I think, though, also the Rockstar guys are a little wackadoo. And I think that might be one of the things that they're concerned about here is because, look, the history of Grand Theft Auto and Rockstar is not altogether savory. I mean, there has, there has been a lot of... They show so taken this video now. <laughs> yeah, they're going to come after us. Yeah. But that's what Rockstar does. I mean, they are pretty litigious. But... Oh, but this video. What? Not gonna be on YouTube. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they can't do anything. They can't touch us now. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the other thing. So I think they're blocking it because the Housers don't want their dirty laundry aired out to the nobody. These guys are very protective. I mean, more than the average person. They are notoriously private. I mean, you look and let's face it. In this, I mean, they do like one interview every like four years with Time, and like that's who the only people will talk. They won't talk to lowly gaming journalists. Oh Uh, no! Look, I don't blame them. I wouldn't talk to lowly gaming journalists. (laughs) I don't like talking to gaming journalists. I mean, why am I even here? Um, Look, I don't blame them. They're protective. Uh, Obviously, look. Can you imagine? Isn't it ironic though? Because they try to act like they're like these maverick like game developers, and they're on the fringe, and they're well, doing uh, things their own way. But then they're trying to like stifle like free speech and things like I don't know, look, man. They, it just rubs they, me the wrong way. They do the thing their their own way. It's a proven, you know, successful, uh, you know, way of doing things. They're going to make some enemies. I don't think I don't think Rockstar will come out of this of the actual movie uh, looking bad. Um, because let's face it, Jack Thompson. Everybody hates him. So. He's just fucking crazy. <laughs> and he's a jerk. Yeah. He's Jack Thompson. Yeah. I mean, I was like, oh my god, you've gone full Jack Thompson. It's actually yeah, he's a, like you know, a personality like, type. Yeah. Um, so I don't think they'll come out with, with it. But I mean, you know, they want to protect their their privacy. Um, so we'll yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I I'm looking forward to it. I think they should just. You know, they don't want to officially cooperate because again, they're rock star. They're rock and roll. They do things differently. They don't want to, you know. Uh, you know, cooperate with the BBC or endorse something like that, and you know it gets a lot more buzz for them. And uh, it's getting a lot more buzz for the docudrama. Yeah, They're which, just they should all, know better than anybody else. It was always going to get buzz with, especially with the, you know the the Harry Potter uh, on it. And you uh, weren't even aware of it though. I wasn't. And, a, the, he, and I would have I would have been aware of it when it came out. Right, right. But what I'm saying is, you weren't aware of it. And the reason you were made aware of it was because they sued, and we talked about it well, on the this show. I, yeah, the reason I was well aware about it was because you told me that it's on the run, uh, the run through for today. Right, but what I'm saying is you wouldn't have known unless they sued. The re- because they sued, we're now talking about it on Game Face. We would have talked about it eventually because it would, you know, they would have started the PR. They're, they're in production right now, so after the, you know, after the movie's done, and once there's a date, that's when people will start talking about it because that's the way TV and movies generally tend to work, as opposed to a 45. Five years out, like we do in games. Uh, so yeah, I'm available. I'm looking forward to watching it. I want to see fucking Daniel Radcliffe kick Bill Pullman's ass. I mean, perhaps they'll really drama it up, and you know, it'll basically. Oh, I'm sure they will. You know, and that's, I'm sure that's another thing Rockstar is concerned about is that the history already isn't that great with what happened with DMA Design moving to Rockstar North. There was some shady stuff that happened there with some of their employees. I want to see how they do hot coffee. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if they're going to touch on that whole transition in the docudrama. But. Like I said, I think it focuses in particular GTA and, and Thompson's battle to try and get it. You know, the murder simulators, he like to call it. Because yeah. he's a fucking fruit loop. Um, yes. Uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of like it. We'll both watch. 
We will. <laughs> That's for sure. I'll watch it on BBC America. Yeah. We'll see if, if it actually comes out. Because, I mean, Rockstar and Take-Two, they actually have the wherewithal to block something like this. No, they don't. You don't think it, they can stop it? No, they don't. I don't know. They have no wherewithal, no matter how much money they got I to mean, fucking look, throw at it. The BBC's got more money. Look, and the BBC has got more outlets. And it, it'll, like I said, the BBC, they, they do some stupid shit and they're not, you know, they're not exactly saying to themselves. But I guarantee you, everything the BBC has is locked down within fair use and uh, artistic, um, you it, know. But here's the thing, Marcus, it won't matter because I know firsthand that what Rockstar does when it wants to get its way is it takes its money away. Who's it going to take its money away from? From the BBC. BBC is publicly funded. They don't carry ads. They carry ads here. That's BBC America, which is an offset of BBC Worldwide, and they don't advertise video games because I've never seen a fucking Rockstar. I've never seen a GTA. I've seen a game advertisement during Top Gear. I've, honestly, the BBC makes so much money out of Top Gear and out of Broadchurch well, and out of Doctor Who. Well, there'll be a, there'll be a new version of, to, of Top Gear. The BBC doesn't have anything to fucking worry about with regards to this. There's no way it can get pulled. But the other thing is that Rockstar. I mean, aren't they officially based out of the U.S. now? They're no longer a U.K. company. I don't know, I don't know if they're registered at the company's house, but I think they're you know in the in the U.K. But I think they're registered here now as a corporation. So um, they have no fucking. There's nothing they can do to stop the BBC from broadcasting it in in the U.K. and in any other subsidiary that doesn't want you know want to support them. So and, and look, they shouldn't. They should just let it out there and revel in it. Throw a fucking viewing party to houses. Get shit-faced and say, ah, oh, we fucked Jack Thompson. We sent him to the wacky bin. Just make sure you invite us. Invite him. <laughs> that would be one hell of a... You wouldn't go to a rock star party? I don't go out anymore. Oh, you would go to a rock star party. No, I, I have I'd a watch... feeling I could drag your ass out to that. I'd, I'd watch the live stream. <laughs> oh, the irony. Oh. So, Marcus, here's something that's going to get you real pissed off. Why? What? Well, let's see. Today, they mm-hmm. announced the brand new FIFA 16, and they announced it with a trailer for the brand new feature in the game, which is women's teams. And which is not pissing me off. No, that's not what pissed you off. It didn't piss me off either, but it did piss <laughs> off a whole lot of other people. Oh, yes. Um, yes, we shall call them the Dickless Patrol. We they saw are... the worst of the internet. Today. Well, again, the worst of gamers today. Well, yeah, it's just a, it's the usual it's the usual bunch of you know a couple of hundred um, toss pots who uh, let's let's first of all tackle FIFA 16. Yeah. Um, it's been an interesting week for FIFA. Uh, oh obviously, yeah. Fourteen <laughs> members of the FIFA executive council, a couple of vice presidents, all got fucking arrested in Switzerland. The FBI are, are after them. So hey, big ups to America for finally contributing to soccer. Well done. <laughs> it took you a while since you won the World Cup in like 18 or the Olympic gold in 1896 or whatever it was. But, um, look, you can slag the USA all you want, but look, no, the United States are the ones who actually took care the of this US, bullshit the that's USA, been going on with FIFA forever. This is, well, for the last 20 odd years, yeah. yeah. Look, and big ups to the, to the, the, uh, the At least FBI. we had the balls to freaking do it. Well, I mean, I can understand why, because the U.S., you know, is not a major player on the world stage with regards to, you know, their team is is really good, but they're not good, good, Elite. good. Elite, yeah. Um, the, you know, the MLS is a, is a good league or a nice retirement home for former Premier League stars. Um, but again, it's not the English Premier League or it's not La Liga or it's not, uh, the, you know, the, the Spanish uh, First Division. So th- these other 
federations, you know, the European ones with with the big money, they had so much to lose for ta- you know when they tackled FIFA. So they were cowardly. Well, I think also, I don't know if you remember, they were cowardly bitches about it, and so were their governments. So big ups to America for tackling those fuckers. But anyway, let and so. FIFA 17, you've hit it here. 16. Well, no, I'm talking about 17. Oh. I'm talking about next year. It's going to have um, it's going to have a bribery mode. <laughs> you basically, you should have been in there already. <laughs> you can bribe people to lose games and uh, I think and honestly, award World Cups. That might be why the U.S. went after. Them. I don't want to talk about sports for too long here, but I think honestly, the U.S. Well, of course, it is because went Russia- after them because in the last World Cup, the U.S. kind of got jobbed a little bit in those games. Like some of the referees no, in those no, games it's, were it's not, shady. It's not because of that. It's actually because of the last two uh, the, the the next two World Cups. The bids was in Russia. Well, in- the, the 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 bids for the next two World Cups. The front runners were um, Great Britain for the next one, and then the one after that would have been the U.S. The next one is going to Russia with their spectacular human rights record. Yeah, because the Olympics um, worked real well there. Yeah, the Sochi, the Sochi Olympics, a <laughs> uh, bunch of people you know, died doing that, and then then Qatar or Qatar, whichever way you pronounce it. Um, which means that people will be playing in like a hundred degree heat, which is great for a team sport, isn't it? Where you know you exert yourself, and so we'll wait wait for players to die. Wasn't but there also like all kinds of political upheaval huge, going well, on there? Huge human rights abuses, yeah. um, slave workers, uh, basically migrants coming in, and passports being taken away. I mean, let's face let's face it, Qatar is um, a nasty ass fucking country full of cunts. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that's that's the that's the reason the FBI went after them because the US didn't you know were hot favorites and then it went to this fucking you know nothing country in the middle of nowhere. Sorry, the genuine talk about a red flag. Yeah, it's I'm like... talking about you know the ruling classes here. I'm not talking about the genuinely decent, poor, downtrodden people. Uh, but anyway, so that's why the US went after them. I'm glad they did. The Swiss, the Swiss have joined in as well, which is another huge rarity I mean this is the Swiss who you know specialize in being so neutral I mean they, they sit on the fence so often their assholes are full of splinters uh, <laughs> but even they've joined in to get rid of FIFA corruption because it is, does spoil what is you know the world's most popular sport um, John Oliver did a really good segment on this that's on the HBO website you should definitely uh, look it up it's fantastic but let's get back to FIFA 16 so first of all big ups to EA and it's not often you'll hear me say that because adding the female uh, teams Great, a great idea because so many kids, especially here, you know, here in America, yeah. you see so many teams, uh, girls, girls and boys playing together. I think soccer may be probably the most popular sport for girls to play in America. Well, it, pro- it probably is. I mean, it's the the world's most. It is the most popular sport in the world for all kids, to be honest with you. Right, but here, you know, it's different. Yeah, and- but I mean, uh, the U.S. is you know, is, uh, U.S. and Japan, I think, have always been the the two big countries who've duped it out over the years. Um, for the World Cup, which is you know happening next month, so it doesn't take anything away from the game. It's not an addition that means they took a bunch of features out. It's not that's an... what a lot of people were saying today. Their their argument was FIFA 15 is still broken and doesn't play the way we'd like. It still doesn't play the way you advertised it. So why are you going to go putting female teams in the game when you still can't get last year's game right? And they feel like them working on something like this, which as both of us know. It's not a lot of work. Well, it, it's it's a fair outlook. It's a fair amount of work on the data end with regards to creating the character, you know, uh, making sure the character stats are accurate and getting all the, the right names in, the leagues in, and stuff like that. And then, you know, yes, the players, you know, it is a whole different set of mocap 
for well, yeah. because let's face it, the female players move in a different way, and you know the, they have to scan all their faces in. Yeah, so there is a fair amount of work, but it's not something that's going to cost anybody extra. Right. They're not making FIFA 16, 15, you know, five hundred ninety nine ninety nine because you have to play the girly mode, um, and you don't have to play. Uh, you know, one of the female teams. You don't yeah. have to. You can still go and play your particular team. So why people, and, you know, when Peter Moore tweeted this out this morning, the reaction from a very narrow-minded, small, dickless percentage of the gaming population was pretty abhorrent. It's like, well, I'm not buying it now because it's got fucking girls in it. I guarantee you every one of the girls who are in FIFA 15, uh, 16 Beat your ass. kick <laughs> shit out of you, yep. literally, figuratively, yep. on a football pitch, in a fucking darkened alley, and not, right. three ways from Sunday. I mean, these right. are amazing sports people. Yeah. I, you know what? I'll be watching the World Cup next month. I would it? buy a pay-per-view to watch video game schlubs versus the U.S. women's national team in MMA fights. I'd, I'd pay to watch them uh, watch the England. <laughs> Look, the England, the England ladies soccer team is actually kind of better than the, uh, the English male soccer team <laughs> right now. But, um, no, I, I got no problems with it. Nobody else should because it's, it's not hurting you. It's not uh, having something rammed down your throat. It's not a feature you have to play to unlock the, the male version of the game. It's there. It's an extra. It caters to an audience that is growing, and there is nothing wrong with that. Now, let's look at separately at FIFA 15, which, you know, FIFA 15 and 14, not really great games. You know, they have been buggy. There have been issues. If FIFA 16 is a crap game, it's not because they put the women's league in. Yeah, you can't it's blame it on that. Because they it's have a crap game. <laughs> issues with the engine. They've yeah. overcomplicated it. It's really moved away from what it used to be, and, uh, you know, and not in a good way. Um, I would still rather play like World Cup '98 on the N64. Like they nailed that game. Like, dude, like, uh, it, it was perfect. I, International Superstar Soccer on the uh, Super NES. That was it. Was good on the N64 as well. ISS Super, 64. Super NES version was far and away the best. How, um, is it, how do they keep screwing up soccer? Well, they've overcomplicated. It's the same, but it's what they do every year with all the sports games. Because remember, NHL '94, still the best fucking NHL game it is, ever. For sure, yeah. They've they've basically gone from people being able to jump in and you know just take control and fiddle around with the teams and the formations if you want to, but then just be able to whack the ball or the puck or whatever you know about. To well, now you have to you know you have to have a fucking degree in sports science to understand every aspect, yeah. and they've not been able to find a way to appeal. To both, they've always tried to make those easy modes or whatever, but like they're never—they're never really as good. Because let's face it, you play the easy mode, you end up winning ninety-nine nil. Then you step up to medium mode, and shit happens. You end up losing ninety-nine nil. There's no happy medium. So, let me agreement on this one. Yeah, if you if you're furious at EA for FIFA 16 because of FIFA 15, I can understand your concerns with regards to the game. If you're furious because they put women characters in the game. You yeah, need look to yourself. go and get some Vaseline, <laughs> slather your head and neck of it, and pull your head out of your fucking ass. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> next. Yeah, oh, I think you said it all. Next, yes. Um, Twitch. Yeah. Twitch. Which we're on right now. Which we're on right now. The wonderful Twitch, which is a great website. Fantastic. Um, they've banned adults-only games. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, even though they have filters that say you can't be under 18 if you want to watch this particular... We're at this show, apparently. Yeah. Um, 
but you know you can't watch a certain stream or blah 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 um they've banned adults only games and there's not that many ao games there are anyway. like i actually went and looked for a list of ao games and i think there were like 25 ever yeah i mean um <laughs> and the like reason, look, they, they've done this before hatred uh, hits on monday the hatred the game we talked about yeah uh, a couple of weeks ago because it, i mean they did this team. just for hatred yeah. It I, comes out in like two days, and they announce this two days before the game comes out. Here's the thing. We're about to show footage of Hatred on this show. What you going to do about it, Twitch? What are they going to do about it? They can't stop it. They don't have fingerprinting like they have on YouTube, where they can tell if you're like streaming or playing a certain thing. They have, they're going to have to have a human being or human beings surfing around on Twitch to find this yeah. stuff. There's no way to stop it. Yeah, they're not going to be able to stop streams of hatred. It's impossible. And what's the difference between streaming this particular game, where you're driving around in the truck blowing shit up, and streaming Grand Theft Auto Five? I know. Or Call of Duty. I mean, honestly, um, to be completely honest with you, the uproar over this game, hatred, is complete bullcrap. Well, we did like, talk about this. We did, yeah. And you know, I think we're in agreement that you know, Twitch is just jumping on the stupid bandwagon. They saw GOG with like, we're not going to sell that game, and they're like, well, then we got to look like the upstanding citizens of the internet, and we're going to ban that game too. But we can't just ban that game because we'll look like jerks, so I we're going to ban all AO games because that's the only one. <laughs> you do realize that means now Leisure Suit Larry. The reboot from the uh, mid two thousands, the AO version of that cannot stream it. Can you can never stream it, which sucks because I was going to do that this weekend. Manhunt two. Swear to God, Postal. Postal. Yeah. We were just showing Manhunt two. You can't yeah. stream that now, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and look, it's Twitch's playground. It's their rules. Yeah, they can do you what know, they want. They can do what they that want. That doesn't mean we have to agree with it. Yeah, but we don't have to agree with it. And look, let's face it, it's censorship. And if you're going to have the fucking freedom of speech to have people be able to, you know, comment and post shit online and say nasty ass, racist, whatever stuff anyway, um, you know getting rid of a game like this or banning of such a small section of AO games is just petty. Um, I mean, honestly, somebody watching a big stream with like 20 or 30,000 people in the chat in that stream is way worse than anything that ever happens in Hatred. Yeah. Just the stuff that the people say in the chats. Like, our chat seems to be pretty good. Like, the people are really civil. But if you go into one of these big streams where there's like... 20,000 people watching the stream it is just awful oh it's the wild fucking west because you know again you don't you can sign up to twitch for free you don't need credit card verification and look i mean this is the problem we have in in america in particular with the whole free speech thing where you know i know free speech because everybody wants free speech everybody expects free speech but it's it's our version of speech free speech my version your version your version and everybody wants the free speech especially when they can hide behind an anonymous name right and companies like Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, etc., should be looking at ways to curb the anonymous free speech because the anonymous free speech makes people big. They're not like me and Shane because me and Shane we get on a podcast, we put our names out here and on you know video on Twitter and everything, and this is who we are and this is what you know a lot of you are like. You put the names out there and you say your your, your stuff and you realize you're going to get some blowback. I've had blowback over the years. Oh yeah, well, yeah. blowback. Um, but you know that's because I put myself out there and I stand behind my you know my opinions and I'm here. Um, a lot of people on Twitch and Twitter and stuff like that, they want to hide. They want to have, oh, it's not just I want a cool username. It's I want to be anonymous so I can say dick things. I think a lot of people online are like that in general. And that's what Twitch needs to be looking at. 
and never mind censoring uh, this particular video game. Because if the video game shit, let people see it shit. If you know, I mean, we you know, we've like I said, we've talked about it. It's I still don't out. understand why that game is AO. I still cannot understand why Hatred is AO. It looks it, like a bad Diablo clone. I mean, it's just a twin stick shooter with like hyper violence. You know how many games have been hyper violent? It's well, like it's difference? so weird that this game has been the one that they everyone's freaking out over. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, a couple of people got very uppity about it, and look, let's Steam face it. started it. Steam started it because at first Steam banned the game. The people and then behind they it. Their mind. The people behind it. A bit special. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Lights are on. Nobody home. But they want to make their game and put it out. I mean, I you mean, can't I've have seen it both worse ways. Stuff in other games that weren't AO. If you're gonna censor this shit, censor, be fucking consistent and just censor anything that is remotely like that. And I guarantee you, you won't be able to show half the fucking video games that are released nowadays. Maybe Twitch just opened the door for us to start our own AO only streaming service. If we go AO only, I'm taking my pants off. You get to the end of that first day of E3 press conferences, we may be sitting there with our pants off. Oh, if, after if eight hours of talking about dude, games. Dude, if I have to get the fuck out of bed, stroll all the way across town to do the fucking Microsoft press conference, one, I'm going to be not wearing pants, two, I'm going to be drunk, and three, I'm going to be live tweeting. But Mark, Mark, Marcus, don't you think that they could have just could just set up age brackets on Twitch? They already have age brackets. Yeah, I mean we we age just protect. fucking enforce them. I mean, don't. I mean, this is going this is going the extra mile. We're so paranoid about protecting people from the wrong shit, and that's the thing. It's all you know. It's all. It's not all right for this because this game she lets you shoot little babies or whatever or whatever. But it's all right for somebody to come on a chat, uh, a chat stream and, you know, call someone the F-bomb and the N-word or whatever. That's not acceptable. Yeah. That's the shit we should be shutting That's down. That's way worse than watching somebody shoot somebody. Yeah. That's <laughs> in my opinion anyway. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So that wraps up the big six. We do have a trailer of the week for Is you it Arkham week. City Asylum 6? It's not. Is it Beyond Good and Evil 4? It's not. Uh, is this something I'm going to have any interest in? And it's not Mad Max either. Awesome film, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if the game's going to hold up to the film. The film was fucking fantastic. No. I haven't mm. seen it yet, but hopefully I will. I You've got to go see the film. I have no time to do anything. Make I... time. Go see the film in a big theater before it disappears. It's fucking awesome. I've heard. I, I haven't slept more than five hours in like four weeks, so... Anytime I have, it's very precious. So Enough going to see about movie, your we'll sexual see. practices. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, so for the deep dive this week, we're actually going to talk about Sony's E3 lineup, and we've dedicated more time to do that than we did for Ubisoft, and the trailer of the week is actually one of the games that Sony will be pimping at E3, and it's one of the bigger games in their lineup. Let it roll, Matt. Hey, Josh, no hot water's kind of major oversight, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you just got to... Fire up the boiler, it's in the basement. Wow. What was that? Wait, okay, so you hear that, right? Don't move. What? Something behind you. No! No! Run! 
the game's kind of cool. I'm frightened. But hold me. But is it the kind of game that you want to carry your platform? I don't know what the game's about based on that trailer. It's a bunch of fucking scary CGI type stuff. I mean, they could have That's been, what it's about. They could have been <laughs> you know what advertising the Evil Dead 6 or something. I yeah. mean, where's the game footage? That was all in-engine stuff. That wasn't CG. And so was Killzone. No, no, that was all. That didn't even look like CG. You need new glasses, bro. It looks. These aren't new glasses. I'll have you know. <laughs> you need a new, a new script then. Look, people, people basically agree with me in the chat room because I'm always right. Um, <laughs> but yes, I mean, it's what has Sony got? No Man's Sky, which apparently, according to a certain uh, gentleman at Gamespot, very the very cool Danny O'Dwyer is actually a top lad. Um, he, he says No Man's Sky isn't coming this year. I wouldn't be shocked at all. And when I chose this game, I think I even mentioned during our fantasy draft that I'm like, I probably shouldn't pick this game because it's so ambitious and there's probably no chance of it ever coming out this year. I think it'll it'll come out when when they launch Morpheus. But That'll they, be their launch game. I, That makes perfect sense. But they need this game, man. I mean, they need this game bad for Q4. Because... Well, You've already lost. Here's the other thing, too. It's like, do you want to butt that up against Uncharted? Because they announced Uncharted 4 this week is coming by the end of March. So it's coming the first couple months of the year, without a doubt. I don't know that you want No Man's Sky. And look, they're completely different games. But it doesn't matter. PlayStation 4 fans are freaking out over both games, and they're probably going to buy both of them. So One is going to sell the Oculus, uh, the, uh, the Morpheus. The other one's not. Yeah. So this will be the one that sells the Morpheus. So they need to have that ready to go when Morpheus. I would say 80% of the people who play No Man's Sky are not going to play it with Morpheus. I I actually, it may even be higher than that. 85% of the people who play No Man's Sky. Morpheus is going to be, even if they manage to get it to 200 bucks, which I would be surprised if they do, really surprised. It's going to take a while to adopt it. Because people are going to look at it and be like, okay, I got this console for three. You want me to... Pay for this headset that's almost as much as my console. Like, I think that look. Honestly, it's also not launching at the holidays, where people typically are a little more giving with their money. And you can kind, of, you know, for me when I was a kid or I was younger, Christmas was the one time I could kind of ask for something kind of nice. So they launched the tech in in March. By the time Christmas comes around, it'll probably be a little more refined. It'll have more games for it for, sure, you know, for sure. next year. But I'm just um, saying, No Man's Sky. I mean. This this is the game that will sell uh, sell the Morpheus really well, there. and I think that if they bring the Morpheus in at under two hundred bucks, which would be fucking phenomenal, um, that actually could re- it would be a loss leader for them. But I think that would be the smart thing to do because it will get the console into homes or the, the headset into homes. But the one thing you got to think about, okay, so they have the headset they got to worry about, which is Morpheus. But what they really got to worry about is selling machines and software because that's really you said it's a loss leader, Morpheus. Mm-hmm. They're going to make their money off of their machines and off their software. So they have to sell software in Q4 when everybody's buying software. Well, yeah, I mean, and look, we, we just have a list of games that we know are going to be talked about, but there's going yeah, to I mean, I'm sure they'll announce some stuff at the show. And but look, they might pull they might pull a stunt that's become very, very popular with the, with the publishers now, where it's like, and we're going to announce this for the first time. Have a look at this video. And it's going to be in stores in 20 minutes. Yeah. D- um, dare I say The Last Guardian? Should I have not even uttered those words? Should I just left that out of the show? <laughs> I think you're just being cruel to all those Last Guardian fans. Uh, look, it, it's, the, it's the game that will not die. Yeah. Um, I mean, they still talk about it like it's still in development. And uh, Look, I, 
I mean, this would be. This is. They need the last guardian. This Why would do they be need the last guardian? The perfect time for them to show it. The game's not gonna fucking sell two million units. I don't know. I know. I think it's it too fucking niche. I don't think it is niche. It is niche. I think it's it, because I think... this mythos about it that it's it's the savior of everything and has been delayed. And look, it's gonna be. It'll have the sale same sales figures as Bloodborne. Here's what I think. I think if they had released The Last Guardian, like a typical game, you announce it, and then maybe, worst case scenario, a year later you release it, I agree with you a thousand percent. It would have been a niche game. But because it has become this, like, urban legend... It's only an urban legend within a subset of fucking gamers, which includes the game's media. It's this fucking subset... I have no interest in The Last Guardian. Really? And I have, there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of gamers, who didn't, couldn't give two flying fucks about The Last Guardian. But all just you have to have is like The NeoGAF Sony Defense Force are spooging over it, that it must be something that, that is announced. Do I hope it's announced? Yes. Why? So that the people who want it can have it and go play it. Good luck to them. I don't begrudge them that. But telling me that the Last Guardian is going to be the savior of Sony when I'm not saying savior, I'm saying helping their Q4, it, which is really bereft of anything significant right now. Well, last year's Q4 was bereft. Uh, the one, the, the Sony's last Q4. Yeah, I guess it was pretty light. Yeah. And oh, the one before where they launched the PS4, pretty fucking bereft, and yeah. they launched the console. Sony, especially if the PS3 is anything to go by, we won't get a bunch of really kick-ass, solid first-party games till 2017, <laughs> and then it's going to be fucking awesome. Things that here's it's the thing, going to be awesome. Here's the other element of it, though, Marcus. The tide is starting to turn a little bit. Like you saw, the Xbox One beat the PlayStation 4 last month, and there was no excuse this time. Like, the prior month that the Xbox won, the excuse was, oh, they just undercut the price. They dropped the price out of nowhere, and that was the, there was no excuse. Sony had Bloodborne, had just come out, mm-hmm. and Microsoft still won last month. So, regardless Bloodborne, of how we look at it... Bloodborne is a niche game. It is. Regardless but, of what the games media will tell you, Bloodborne's a fucking niche game. It is, and it was, and it, the sales have played that out. It completely disappeared off the sales charts, and I don't. we talked about this on the show. It actually was only available for one week that first month, and it only appeared on the top ten sales that one month. So everybody bought it that first seven days, and then it just disappeared off the map. But here's the thing. It's like Sony are starting to feel the heat now. We say whatever, but they are very serious. They've got to be looking at it being like, okay, where is Microsoft getting momentum? And Microsoft's getting momentum because it has more exclusive games. It, look, Microsoft had a killer E3 last year where they talked about a lot of the stuff that was coming. People are starting to forget about but, the whole launch debacle now. But Microsoft uh, still, let's you know, they won last month, but they're still heavily behind. It's they're not, not that far behind. It's not, I mean, it may not be a two-to-one ratio anymore, but they're still a fair, a fair way behind. They've got a nice lead, Sony, for sure. Sony have a nice lead. Sony does, and look, let's not beat around the bush. I'm not a member of the Sony Defense Force or the Xbox Defense Force or anything like that. Sony in the PS, PS4 have the better machine. For sure, yeah. Microsoft know that. Their machine can only do a certain amount of things that the Sony machine does very, very well. But wait for Windows 10. It's going to change everything. Yeah. But so Microsoft are front-loading, much like they did with the Xbox 360. The Xbox 360 started off phenomenally strong. Yeah. 
and had that midsection where all the games that were coming out were really, you know, not all the games, but there were so many good hits coming over and over and over. Uh, while Sony with the PS3 had a lousy launch and really sort of like struggled. Had to work for it, yeah. Even though they had the, the better machine. And I think it's replicating itself again. I think Sony likes to take two steps forward, then jump half a mile back. <laughs> and then they will gradually catch up. But once Uncharted 4 comes out and we look at maybe a, um, you know, Last of Us sequel or whatever else, and, you know, we're going we're gonna to get from the, you know, the guys at that particular awesome studio. They're when, not going to show a they're not gonna show a Last of Us sequel. Naughty Dog's trying to get Uncharted finished right now. Well, I mean, how I mean, again, Sony big company, big resources. It's not all being done out of Naughty Dog, Dog won't in, let in, somebody in else touch Monica. that franchise. I guarantee. Well, I'm just it. saying that their bits and bobs get done by different yeah. different divisions and then assets you know, and things like yeah. that. Um, but Sony will probably have something up the, up their sleeve. I don't know what but, I mean, yes, do they have a worrying-looking fourth quarter this year? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Has Sony had a worrying-looking year on the software front? Definitely. Have they had a, a worrying-looking last two years? Definitely. So what's changed? What's different? The system will continue to, will continue to sell. They will still... Will you know, it, though? It will continue to sell because it's the... Look, we've got God of War 3 coming up, the remaster of that. Let's actually just run through this list and start talking about some of these other games. There's Hellblade... Made by Ninja Theory, the guys who made DMC Devil May Cry and made some great games for the PlayStation 3 as well. Mm-hmm. Ratchet & Clank's been delayed. It'll probably be shown at E3, I think, Ratchet & Clank. It's supposed to come out mid-next year with the movie to coincide with the movie. I think we'll see that at E3. I think they'll show at least like a demo or a trailer or something because right now they haven't shown, even released a screenshot for Ratchet & Clank. Nothing. There's this little like piece of art that everyone's using to promote the game right now. So I think we'll see that. The big game for PlayStation is Street Fighter V. That's really the big exclusive. I still can't believe they locked down Street Fighter V exclusively. That's a big coup. I mean, I know you don't care. You don't care about fighting games, but that's a big deal. That's a big deal to, 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 to fighting fans. There's a lot of them. There's, but there's more. F- Again, as gamers grow and as the numbers grow and the demographics grow and change, what there was a lot of in the grand scheme don't become the system sellers or the, the, the people who put the money down for the units that it used to be. Well, let's just look in at Street proportion. Fighter 4. I mean, it sold amazingly well. It continued to sell amazingly well. They just released another version of it two days ago. You'll get 20,000 They're still making versions. money off of Street Fighter 4. Because people, the, the, the hardcore fans will continue and to Street buy Fighter it. And Street Fighter 5 is going to be exactly the same way. It's huge, dude. I don't know how you can say Street Fighter 5 being exclusive isn't a big deal. Because I live outside the bubble. It's not about a bubble. This game, Street Fighter so, 4, sold like crazy. Define crazy. What's the numbers? I don't, I don't even know what the hard numbers so are. So there you go. No hard numbers. And look, we will have, I don't have the hard numbers either. So we'll have this discussion once, the, once we get those numbers. But I feel that, you know, again, we are, you know, people live within the fucking bubble. They all think that Street Fighter is going to be the, the game changer. Just like Bloodborne was going to be the game changer. Just like so-and-so. And you end up drinking the fucking Kool-Aid over and over. Street Fighter V is not going to be the biggest selling game of the year. Now, if Sony come well, it's out... It's only on one platform. Let me, let me tell you something. If Sony come out of their fucking press conference the day after Bethesda and say, by the way... Fallout 5 is going to be exclusive on PS4 first, or they will have X, Y, and Z. That is a bigger deal globally than Street Fighter. I don't know about that. I think that's, that's a close call. 
Eight million copies of Street Fighter Four have been sold. Is that just Street Fighter Four? <laughs> is that Street Fighter every version of Street Fighter Four? Because we're talking about Capcom yeah, I mean, here that are sixty. It's eight million no. copies, dude. That's a lot. There's thirty-six thousand versions of fucking Street There's Fighter. It's the many. same five people buying it over and over. <laughs> eight million. Come on, you have to relent at this point and and admit. That that's way more than you thought. If that was 8 million copies of one particular game, I would say no problem at all. But you know how many versions you of Street Fighter You never dreamed it sold 8 million copies, admit it. You thought it sold like 2 million. The original Street Fighter 4, what did it sell? And Matt's it looking it up because he's probably awesome. a few million like right out of the gate. Well, there you go. Because everything else is a different version. It's not the same fucking product. I mean... It's like saying... All you're right, well, scoffing at 3 million in sales? That's a lot. Uh, not when you look at the amount of co- it used to be a lot. It still it is was a lot. a lot ten years ago. It was a lot five it years still ago. Is a but lot. when you look at how many consoles and how many gamers we have out there now, it becomes less and less it's and less. It's still a lot. I'm seeing I'm seeing three point three million for vanilla Street Fighter Four. Three point three for vanilla Vanilla Street Fighter Four. And um, what do we what do we what did Bloodborne do? It's not even in a million. Well, it's, yeah, it's like in a million something worldwide. So when did that? When did Street Fighter Four come out? Oh gosh. 2008? 2008. Yeah, I think that's so right. So 3.3 yeah. million in eight years for vanilla version. 3.3 million in eight years. It's made the money. I've got no problem with that. I'm just saying that, we, that we're very guilty of building shit up to, uh, to certain levels. I don't think this is a case where we, I agree with you. That happens all the time. I don't think Batman this is Arkham Knight on PS4 will sell more than Street Fighter. Hmm. That's a good question, actually. I think it'll be close. I think Batman Arkham Knight on PS4 will sell more. We should bet something on that. I'd be willing to take Street Fighter in that throwdown. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on because we're taking too much time on Street Fighter. There's another game, Rhyme, which is like Sony's Wind Waker, basically. It looks just like Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, except it's Sony's property. Oh, I was hoping it was Beats to the Rhyme. <laughs> that wonderful Run DMC song. And I know you probably won't care about a game like this, but, you know, it... it it's one of those filler games, you know? It's one of those games that, that could turn out to be really good, that could, you know, prop things up, give them a million sales, and it, more of a cumulative effect type hey, game. It could be, a, look, it could be another journey. Or it journey. could be a smash hit, you It could know. be a journey. Journey was a, journey was a, f- a fun, fantastic game. Yeah, I mean, I look, but I one, mean, look, you're not going to fill the, your coffers with journey sales. Well, uh, but again, I mean, you'd say, you'd say that it didn't, but I would in, in, be interested to see what the lifetime sales were on journey because no, it was I mean, a 15 I'm sure it did game. great, but I mean, you're talking about, like, Hundreds of millions of dollars, which is what you really need to move the needle if you're a video game platform holder. But yeah, journey I mean, is not going to do it. This, this could be interesting. I mean, but that, you're right. So, that's a good way to describe this game. Is it is like a journey. It's one of those games. It's like a feather in the cap for it's your platform. An unproven. It's an it's an unknown quantity. And look, let's face it. That's what Sony does do better than Microsoft. Oh, for sure. They do have the new IPs, and they're not afraid to put new IPs out there because they you nurture look, the indies way better. Well, you than look you look at this list. Uncharted that's 4. That's Shane Bettenhausen. He, that's one of, one of the things yeah. he does. He's a curator for some. Well, uh, Uncharted 4, Ratchet & Clank, Street Fighter, and possibly The Last Guardian of this list that we've got in front of us. Those are the only sequels, franchises, etc., etc. The rest of them... They're all new. They're Everybody's all new. gone to the rapture. I don't think that game's going to set the world on fire, but again, it kind of feels a little whole, and it gives people, some, people something to play while they're waiting for the next big thing. Um, Sony Bend has been working on a PS4 game for a while. Um, that will, I think, undoubtedly be shown at E3, finally, at least in trailer form. They've been working on it for a long time. It's been known for a long time. And the studio hasn't been doing anything else. So I think we'll see a trailer for their game. We don't have any idea what it is at this point. Uh, Let It Die It's a Japanese game. 
coming for PlayStation 4. That's kind of niche. It's like a horror, like a violent horror game. I mean, let's... let's but there's just no... Well, let's look at it. Let's ask the question. What are the system sellers for Sony? Is it Killzone? Is it It Resistance? really isn't. That's the thing with Sony. I mean, they don't have it, one. It's is it like Uncharted? They have a bunch of stuff that sells really well, but nothing that just goes berserk. They don't have a Master Chief. They don't have yeah. a Mario. But they seem to do phenomenally well. So maybe it is that we're talking about all this stuff there and saying, well, there's nothing that's really yeah. going to bust out. Maybe it doesn't need to. Maybe because Sony's doing all this this cool different stuff. It's the accumulative effect of all of it that yeah. will that will help you know keep things going. And then they still have the first party. Uh, the, you know they have games coming from third party that do look phenomenal this year, and that they do get a cut from every yeah. time and does sell, sell more more machines. Because let's face it, the best looking version of Batman Arkham Knight yeah. of uh, yeah is going to be on PS4, which is the version I pre-ordered. I mean, yeah. that's, what, that's what I've got. Because I've actually always played the Batman games on um, on the Sony platforms because I think they look the best and they play the best. Well, last gen I bought everything on Xbox 360. This gen I buy everything on PS4. Yeah, so it's look, it's going to be interesting. And look, I'm not belittling Street Fighter. I'm not belittling The Last Guardian. I hope those games come out and I hope they're awesome for the fans who've supported them all throughout the years. And there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is that we build, you know, we within the media build these into the, these legendary games, these must-have games, these savior games, and they don't sell the 10 million units that everybody expects, and everybody is fucking shocked. And it's like, stop with the Kool-Aid. Look at the bigger perspective. Look at the bigger world order. Look at games that, are, you know, be a bit more sensible. Is a game with Batman going to get more market penetration and more sales figures for people uh, you know, you walk up to somebody in the street and say, you know about the Batman game? They're probably more likely to than perhaps a Street Fighter game. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, no, <laughs> uh, did, you, uh, did you know there's a new Street Fighter game coming out? Do you know there's a new Batman game coming out? Well, I've heard of Batman. I mean, and I, like I said, I'm not belittling Street Fighter. I would definitely make that bet, but I don't think we have any way, because the way MPD stuff, does stuff, I don't think we'd be able to tell. Plus, like, like, yeah, life to date. I mean, maybe, yeah. in, maybe in 10 years' time we'll sit down. You know, when Street Fighter <laughs> Six is coming out, and then we'll get, I remember having that fucking argument with you and uh, I won because <laughs> your Street Fighter home. only sold 4 million on the PlayStation 4. <laughs> God, if I'm here in 10 years, please shoot me. So one prediction for a Sony at E3 from you. Status quo. I think they'll basically, they would, I don't think they'll suck. I think they'll have a couple of interesting products for next year. I think we'll see um, No Man's Sky uh, slip to the, you know, to maybe next year with the Morpheus. And they will have some very interesting, uh, more eclectic games that will uh, appeal, you know, to the hardcore fan base. Um, and then, you know, they will have the usual suspects on first on third party that will uh, that will keep them ticking over. Like I said, I don't expect them to hit their stride again, you know, and really sort of like deliver because, I mean, no offense to, again, Killzone and Resistance fans. They weren't the cutting edge of shooters. Yeah. Um, so let's see. You know, let's see where we are next year. But I think Sony will have Sony will come out and it will be the that was cool. People will come out of Microsoft and we'll talk about Microsoft. I'm guessing next week yeah. and people will say, "Wow, we're seeing this, this, and this this year." But the longer term stuff, because I guarantee you, it'll all be sequels. And it will, you know, there'll be a couple of really cool things in there, but it will be the, the, the sequels that we will see. It's like, oh my God, there's a new Gears of War. Yes, there's a new Halo. I hope they get the multiplayer working. Yeah. Um, yes, there's a new Crackdown. Yes, there's a new Fable. But. Where's that new IP, brah? Well, Sony, Sony <laughs> will have, 
you know, look, Microsoft have the new IP coming. You know, they've been being very smart with the investments. But um, yeah, Sony will Sony will just have the, you know, they'll have the, the the cool one. You know, we'll all come out and we'll light a cigarette, a French cigarette, and we'll just go. <laughs> C'est bon. <laughs> All right, Marcus, do you want to check for some questions from people in chat while I close out the show? All right, give me your questions, questions, questions. Um, I will say somebody actually did tweet out to us, um, asked about Need for Speed. Uh, uh, The Need for Speed Twitter doodly uh, confirmed today that there's going to be an always-on connection for Need for Speed that allows uh, friends to join in and shape the narrative. Terrible idea. Yeah, well, terrible idea. I mean, why didn't they learn the lesson that Microsoft learned for everyone? Microsoft took it on the chin for everybody else. Microsoft like they learned that lesson. Mouth. Like they showed everybody, do not ever create a product that has to be online all the time. People hate it. They're going to reject it. And then EA, yeah, in one ear, out the other. <laughs> Are we going to E3? Yeah, of course. He will if he registers us. Still unregistered. <laughs> Yeah, of course we're going to E3. Um, I actually think I'm only going to go to the actual show one day. I think I'm going to go Thursday when everybody else is hungover and don't go to the show, so I can just slide right in and see everything in like one day. I think I'm going crowds. I think I'm going to go to Michael Pactor's party. Yeah, I go to that every year. That's always fun. Yeah, I need, I need some Pactor love. Uh, da, 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 let me see. Uh, where do you, what do you think about the Arkham Asylum and City getting HD versions? Talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Look it up in the archives while they're still online. Uh, will we go to TwitchCon? No. no. Uh, I'm going to answer that one for both of us. What, am, uh, what are you wearing right uh, Nolan is asking, what am I wearing right now? How the fuck should I know? It's not like he dresses himself. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, let me That's see. That's it. Come on. Uh, less than two years into this generation, and Microsoft is already releasing a second Xbox One controller redesign. Oh, yeah. They did announce that today, actually. It kind of sucks. The big redesign, actually, it's not even that big of a redesign. It just has a typical 3.5 millimeter headphone jack in the bottom of it. So you don't have to have like their proprietary stuff. You can just plug in any headset you got. Is it replace, will it, if people buy an Xbox One moving forward, will it replace? I'm assuming they'll pack yeah. it in with the console, at least yeah. with new stuff that they, if it's old stock, that'll be tricky though, because if you end up buying an old Xbox One, you get the old controller, that would suck. Well, um, let me just say this to everybody who is obviously talking about, you know, about, about this thing with the change. Do you own an iPhone? If you own an iPhone, if you bought an iPhone 4, 5, or 6, and you buy them when they come out, you don't get a, don't get a complaint. Yeah. Because let's face it, we're talking about 60 bucks. It's not giving is, anybody a competitive advantage either. It's, That's it's like not, the it's, big it, question. It sucks, unfortunately. Microsoft think they're Apple and think they can do it. I'd much rather them have done this from the beginning so there's no proprietary garbage I'm very happy with the old style headphone jacks. Thank you very much, the, the, the proper ones. So, um, yes. Uh, let me see. D, D, D. Gareth Bale plays where? Real Madrid. Stupid question. Who will win E3? Me. I will win E3, Shane. Sip because is going to win E3. We are not going to be <laughs> saying who won E3 because E3 is not a fucking. It's not the Olympics. It's not the World Cup. It's not Deathmatch. 
it's a fucking convention where we look at video games. We will say, oh, somebody had a good E3. Or I will say, I don't know about him. I'm not talking about him. I will probably say who I thought won E3. And I will probably, you'll forget this, and I'll eventually goad you into doing it as well. Uh, I will say if I, if, so, <laughs> if I thought somebody performed well or not so well. Yeah. But I'm over this fucking winning E3. Because let's face it, Microsoft win E3. No, Sony win E3. Nintendo win E3. I mean, it always cracks me up. Nintendo wins E3 every year. And look how they're fucking managing with the, with the games. With no game. Well, they gave up. They're just like, we're not even going anymore. Awada's not going to go. They're not doing a press conference again. They're doing their little Nintendo Direct pre-recorded thing, which is kind of cheating, if you ask me, because if you look at it, Sony and Microsoft, their execs have to go on stage. They have to nail their presentations. All these, these elements have to come together. It all has to be harmonious. They have to read their teleprompter right. And then Nintendo's like, well... We're just going to set up shop in this office for three days, and I'll go. I'll do this line like fifty times until I get it exactly right. Yes, and we'll, we'll pre-record. Direct. We'll pre-record all our demos, so there's no chance of any glitches happening. There's no chance of like a controller shutting up. I mean, look, it's smart as a business, but you look at Microsoft and Sony, they're kind of putting their necks out there when they do live press conferences, and I feel like Nintendo's kind of like been like, eh, we don't want to do that anymore. Well, so Nintendo doesn't have to. People, look, let's, let's face and it. Maybe it does. It's doing Reggie terrible. Could, Reggie could take a <laughs> crap in a bag, right in, put a Mario sticker on one side, a Zelda sticker on the other, and stay, people will still fucking buy it. It's not working. They're not buying it. The Wii U's doing terrible. Like, yes, this is a Del Taco cup, by the way. <laughs> it's my Diet Coke. It's empty. It's disgusting. Um, let me see. Uh, will Annoyed Gamer be part of Sifted Premium Content? Only you can answer that. Annoyed Gamer's dead. Annoyed Gamer is never coming back in the way it used to be. It had its run on GT, and it was fine, and it was great. I have to um, tell you that that is probably one of the top five most asked questions about Sifted is, are you going to do Annoyed Gamer? It's very flattering that people still want that. I just feel that Annoyed Gamer was great for the 18 months it was on the air, the almost two years. Um, it hit at the right time, but everybody's fucking annoyed right now. Uh, everybody's annoyed. Everybody's but you're the master. Now. Honestly, look, there are <laughs> you people are, there You are, are people the outside. Jedi and they are the Padawan. No, there look, there are people out there. If they want you want me to get you know to, to you know for anti stuff, that's why you come to Game Face. Um, I very much appreciate the support and look I've still got the moniker on Night Gamer because it's it's been a part of my career and I've had that moniker for fucking eight, nine years now. I can't um, believe that by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. But yeah, I just I just feel that especially given how things have changed over the last eighteen months within the games industry and with that, you know how people respond to stuff. Um, I have a responsibility not only to myself but also to Shane and Sifted and everybody who works on Sifted and my family and my wife and our business and everything else to scale back on the really snarky stuff and the stuff where I do take somebody to task over stuff because look, I'd end up also repeating myself week after week. Here on Sifted, it's the two of us. We bounce off each other, and it's great on on Game Face. Annoyed gamer, me in front of a camera. The problem I think is we ran into this because you know I would work with you on the show, and it would it got really hard to find topics sometimes. It it would. And sometimes you you have to do the show, and so you stretch. Sometimes you end up putting an episode out that you're not 100 percent happy with because you really had no choice, right? And I look, I did some interesting stuff. I mean, the depression episode was actually something that was still very dear to my heart. 
but I just don't think there was a, a space for it. And I also need to realize that the goalposts have shifted with regards to the level of shit that people will perpetrate to get back to somebody, you know, get back or strike back against somebody, you know, who they've, they think has gone online and said something offensive. Everything gets misconstrued nowadays. So I'd much rather sit here and be in, um, in the game face uh, chair with Shane and, uh, you know, have him kind of balance me. Um, not working. I try to keep him honest. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and we have a variety, we have a variety of topics. Um, I'm not discounting doing any other content with, with Sifted because, you know, we may do some really cool stuff. You never know. But I appreciate you asking but this is the rants that you will get. And obviously on my on You my definitely Twitter got feed. some fans out there still who want to see you do your yeah, own. I got, no, I got nothing but love for, for everybody. But, um, you know, I couldn't do a Night Gamer for it ever anyway. Look, I mean, with a beard, I'm getting too nice and fluffy now. <laughs> Although somebody did say I look like George R.R. R. Martin after a diet. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Kranzel. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up episode 12 of Game Face, the first episode that is only going on sifted.net. So if you're watching this right now, maybe you didn't get to catch the whole thing, you cannot watch this archive on YouTube. It is only going on Sifted. So get your ass over there and register. Sifted is still free for another 10 days, 9 days, 10 days, something like that, uh, before it goes to a full subscription service. So you still got plenty of time to check it out. And I would encourage you to do that because I think once you use it, even for a day, you will totally get it. So I want to thank, again, everybody who's already joined up with Sifted. There's a ton of people who have already subscribed, which it just I'm floored by it because the site is still free for another week and a half and there are just scores and scores of people who have subscribed and the crazy part that i found is that literally it's been like 99 percent premium and like two percent basic everybody is subscribing for premium for the content that you and i are creating and all the other great stuff that we're going to do on sifted so thank you so much uh and if you haven't registered yet get on over there i know you're going to love it every single person i have actually not had a single person say that they did not like the site some people will complain and say, I'm not paying for something I can get free, which is total crap. They can't get what Sifted does for free. But it needs more VR. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Running joke. Yeah. Everything Running joke. VR now. Yeah. I'm just going to turn Sifted into just VRbonkers.com or something. All right. Go to bed, you crazy Euros. Thank you oh, for yeah. staying up to watch yeah, us. Big Europe. ups to Europe. Yeah, yeah. Euros, anyone in Europe who stayed up to watch us, we really appreciate it. We appreciate everybody who watches yeah. the show and supports us in any way, shape, or form. So... Everybody have a really awesome weekend, and we'll see you on Sifted.net. We are up and out.